Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. My name is Nick Day. I will be your moderator as we close out Consensus 2023 with the second annual Lawmaker Town Hall. Senator Lemus, thank you so much for joining it's us. so nice to see you, Nick. Thanks for having me. And I, I believe we are waiting on Congressman McHenry, but let's get started. Um, obviously, it's been a pretty, I would say, interesting year for the last uh, several months in crypto. One of the biggest questions that I've heard from our readers is, you know, just if you could take us behind the scenes on the dynamics in Congress and how you're looking at crypto, especially now, you know, with FTX in the rearview mirror, with the lenders in the rearview mirror and the bankruptcies. As you know, not only was there the colossal uh, FTX bankruptcy and others, but now we've had a couple of major bank failures. And so within the financial sector, there's been a lot of turmoil, both in traditional assets and in digital assets. So that's created uh, a little bit of reticence uh, around this subject uh, for lawmakers. But uh, for me and for Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, who is my major Democrat co-sponsor of the Financial Innovation Act, um, it creates the case for why we need responsible, understandable uh, regulation uh, of digital assets. So uh, we intend to roll out our piece of legislation on the Senate side uh, sometime, I'd say, in the next six to eight weeks. What's holding us back is that we're trying to address some of that reticence that we hear. So you'll probably see uh, a longer and more robust section in our bill about consumer protections. Uh, and uh, we're trying also to bring more people into the fold on the Senate side on a bipartisan basis to be involved in weighing in on what the bill says and also paying attention, a, a lot of attention and working with uh, Representative Patrick McHenry in the House Financial Services Committee on this issue as well. Now you also have both agriculture committees involved, both in the House and the Senate, because 
They handle commodities. A number of these cryptocurrencies are commodities. And so they will have jurisdiction over how it, this subject is addressed within the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. So we're getting all of those players involved. We're making sure that we're paying close attention uh, to some of the concern as we come out of this crypto winter and the problems we've had within the traditional financial sector. Could you speak to some of the dynamics? You mentioned there's some reticence now among lawmakers. Can you speak to the dynamics with your colleagues now as you're, you know, what are the arguments that you know, they're paying attention to in regard to crypto legislation? Uh, you know, is it primarily consumer uh, protection focused? Are they looking at market structures as well as some of the companies themselves and how they've been operating? It's all of the above. Plus, then you had this uh, Council of Economic Advisors in the White House come out of with a uh, document questioning the use case for uh, digital assets. So if there's anything that I could ask uh, of innovators within this space, uh, users within this space, help us make the use case for digital assets. Help us explain to lawmakers what the use case is for the innovations that you're making in this space. We can tell uh, other lawmakers that it's faster and cheaper. We can tell lawmakers that it's easier to solve crimes committed with cryptocurrency than with fiat currency. But unless we can turn to specific examples and make the use case, it's not resonating with people. It's falling on deaf ears. So uh, to be here at Consensus and have the opportunity to address the innovators in this space, that's the ask that I would have of you. Help us make the use case for digital assets. Furthermore, you're innovating so fast that policymakers can't keep up. Right. Uh, and we need to know what effects our legislative framework will have on your ability to continue to innovate uh, here in the United States. Because we know the European Union is now ahead of us. Uh, Luxembourg, Switzerland, the UK is moving forward. Uh, there are jurisdictions that are getting ahead of us. The Bahamas is ahead of us now. Uh, and a number of these jurisdictions are saying to us, catch up, you know, United States, you are the leading financial services country in the world, but we're falling way behind when it comes to digital assets and cryptocurrency. And these other countries want us to step up. So Senator Gillibrand and I will be uh, making a full court press in the Senate. We will be relying on Representative McHenry and his counterpart Maxine Waters on a bipartisan basis in the House to move legislation forward. Politically speaking, the House of Representatives can function uh, almost on a one-party basis. You saw it this week. Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans put out a piece of legislation to raise the debt ceiling with some spending reductions on a uniparty 
basis, Republican-only votes. So they can function that way. Right. Nancy Pelosi could function that way when she was the Speaker. We can't function that way in the Senate. We have to be bipartisan. Right. And that's why it's so important that on my side of the Capitol, uh, that Senator Gillibrand and I expand the tent of participants on a very bipartisan basis. Would you need bipartisan support in the House to convince the, you know, the Democrats and the Senate to move forward with any legislation as well? Or is it a case where if you and Senator Gillibrand introduce something that advances out of the House on a uniparty basis, you'd think it would still go through the process and you know, make it to the president's desk? Well, I think the most important thing is that those Democrats in the House whether they're on the Financial Services Committee or not, who are very knowledgeable about digital assets, participate in this debate and have their fingerprints on the product. So let's say the House passes something with more Republicans than Democrats, but some Democrats involved in completing and getting the final product across the finish line. We can work with that in the Senate. Uh, but it becomes more challenging in both the Senate and certainly in the administration if it's a one-party product. Right. So you introduced your bill last year as well, and I'm just curious, you know, you mentioned you're going to have a more robust consumer protection section, for example. Could you speak to some of the other changes and lessons you've learned and what you've incorporated into the new bill, kind of previewing, if you would, you know, what you expect to introduce and what issues specifically you're targeting, or is it going, you know, how broad will it be? Do you want to narrowly focus on specific issues? Things like that. We're trying to keep it broad. Uh, we are probably going to have a stronger section on national security interests. You know, some of the people that I speak to that remain very skeptical about digital assets are concerned that cyber crime is not adequately addressed in our bill. And so I think you'll see a stronger uh, cyber crime aspect to our bill. I think you'll see some provisions that require certain uh, registration of um, the efforts to move forward uh, in advance. We want to do that so companies uh, are properly regulated and vetted. But we still want to preserve the important parts of the framework that make sure that we're having a well understood regulatory framework for both the innovators and the regulators and that we're doing it in ways that allow continued innovation in the United States. Right. So uh, this morning we spoke to uh, CFTC Commissioner Christy Goldsmith Romero and she was explaining that she's had a lot of engagement with Congress on the various issues. Have you heard from, you know, directly from some of these regulators at the CFTC, the SEC, the bank regulators about, you know, either specific lapses in their jurisdictional authority or issues that they say that Congress really needs to address that they cannot on their own deal with? Well, the struggle seems to be what is a security and what's a commodity. Right. And the Congress needs to provide sufficient guidance there. And 
the Lemus and Gillibrand used the Howey test, which of course is a court-created uh, test to determine what's a commodity and what's a security. Uh, that test has been through about 200 additional iterations through the courts of appeals. So it's pretty well understood, uh, and our staffs have gone through to make sure that we're using the Howey test in the most modern way that has been expressed by the courts. Uh, and so I anticipate we'll still be using that test, but what's really fun is this is a great time to welcome your next guest. Uh, I see that Representative Patrick McHenry is on the screen. Hi, hi, Patrick. Congressman, welcome to Consensus. How are you? And, and he's been working in the next? House on something that I think creates uh, some additional nuance uh, with regard to that, so I'm very anxious to uh, hear him explain what he's been up to on the House side. Congressman, good afternoon. Well, uh, thank you, sir. Hey, good afternoon. Sir, I'm late. Uh, I hope the weather is better in Austin than it is here in, in Washington. Uh, but grateful to be with you and uh, honored to be with Cynthia, uh, my friend uh, from the House who's gone over to the Senate side. And she's, she's fostered a great deal of bipartisanship around the potential digital assets hold. Uh, and I want to thank her for her keen leadership in the Senate and building that, uh, building that bipartisan understanding uh, and the opportunity set here. We're trying to do something similar to match up with the policy work she's shown publicly. Um, and, um, and there are a couple pieces of news that, that I think are substantive for the crowd. But um, one is the, um, the announcement of joint hearings between the House Financial Services Committee and the House Agriculture Committee. Mm. Um, Glenn Thompson, who's the chair of the Ag Committee, who has oversight over the CFTC, and I, uh, and our two subcommittee chairs on digital assets, uh, Dusty uh, Johnson for the Ag Committee and French Hill for the um, Financial Services Committee. Uh, we're gonna hold joint hearings when we return in May. This is gonna be the first time we have had a holistic view for a House committee hearing uh, around uh, the regulation or market uh, structure around digital assets and a holistic view of it. This is the work that uh, uh, Senator Lummis and Senator Gillibrand have put in in, in the Senate side, uh, but this is going to be our attempt in the House. And what we plan to do over the next uh, two months is report a bill out that deals with both uh, the capital raising piece uh, for digital assets all the way through how um, a product can go from a securities regime uh, to a commodities regime, and also at the same time preserve our right around uh, products that are uh, neither neatly into a securities or commodities regime and, and the, the ability for people to exchange those, uh, those things. So the, those are the two pieces of news, the joint hearing and then our time frame. And our time frame is a, is a purposeful one to get fast action out of our committees. We've worked on it. Uh, we've worked on uh, these matters for months, and in fact, years, in, in, in coming together with policy. Uh, but we're going to have public hearings for the next couple of months and result uh, and, and build out a, a bill that uh, deal uh, out of the Ag Committee, now the Financial Services Committee, uh, that does what is necessary for uh, bringing clarity to digital assets. Thanks. That is definitely very interesting news. Um, I was wondering, we, we opened our conversation, we were talking about some of the dynamics within Congress now. And Senator Lummis fills in on the Senate side. 
I'm wondering if you could speak, Congressman Henry, to the House side in terms of, you know, what sort of engagement are you seeing amongst your fellow lawmakers in terms of advancing bills, getting them, you know, through the House? Is it a bipartisan effort at this point? Is it a uniparty effort? And, you know, what are your expectations here? Um, well, publicly, uh, Maxine Waters and I, who is the former chair of the Financial Services Committee, uh, we started this process last summer. Uh, to build out a bipartisan bill on regulating a stablecoin and building out a, a, a smart framework uh, for us to harness the potential of, uh, that stablecoins have in a payments regime and the onboarding to the digital assets world. And, um, and so we spent a, a number of months working on that and we have bipartisan policy that we are that we're getting feedback from Republicans uh, and Democrats on to update uh, that draft. Uh, that's where we are on the stablecoin draft. And uh, for market structure, uh, we've had a number of joint uh, Republican and Democrat House uh, Ag and Financial Services Committee briefings and bipartisan uh, meetings uh, on the structure. And we're still fine-tuning uh, everyone's equities there and to make sure that we, we have uh, full feedback from members. Uh, but we don't have a public draft out uh, yet on a market structure bill. Uh, nor do I have a firm understanding of, of what, the, what a bipartisan uh, bill would look like versus uh, a bill that, that I have the votes to pass uh, being in the majority in the House. Um, and so, you know, I want to have that understanding of, of the, uh, my Democrat colleagues who are interested in legislating here, and there are a number that, that are interested. Uh, and, um, and so we're taking that feedback and building out that policy set now. Got it. So one of the, I think, big questions that we've received from our readers is, you know, what are the chances that we will see legislation signed into law within the next, let's say, 12 months? And um, you know, Senator Lomas, you were speaking a bit to that earlier and you know, the process that you expect. Congressman McHenry, I just want to you know, quickly get your view. Do you believe that we will see, you know, on any subject, whether it's market structure, stable coins, something else entirely, do you believe we will see legislation signed by the president within the next 12 months? Yes. Um, now, the, the odds of anything happening in Congress are low. So it's, a cha it's always a challenge to legislate something new into existence and to legislate complicated policy and to, uh, and to build up members' understanding about the, the trade-offs necessary to make sound policy. Uh, so we have work to do. We've got serious work to do. Uh, but it is, it is on the agenda in the House, and because I'm a chair of a committee, I can focus on an agenda and a time frame. My agenda was, um, was frankly, uh, three buckets. One is updating data, data privacy standards. The next was capital formation of how small businesses, large businesses, public and private raise money, and the opportunities investors have to invest in, in new opportunities. That's capital formation. That was my second uh, bucket. I was focused on policy-wise. And then my third is digital assets, giving market structure and definition of digital assets, and then have a payment stablecoin regime. That's my third bucket. I've already reported out the first four months of Congress, my first two buckets, mm. and I've got a lot of runway uh, to report out and uh, have legislation uh, that we can pass out of the House on uh, market structure and, and uh, a payment stablecoin. So I intend to do this and get this out of the House. Uh, I know the intense work that uh, my friend Cynthia has put in on this, in the Senate side and, uh, and some like-minded folks on the Senate side have put in to this effort. Uh, but I'm going to be able to produce a bill out of the House. I'm confident of that. 
uh, and, and then we're gonna then it's gonna be Cynthia and I and and uh, and Senator Gillibrand and a few others that are gonna be hashing this thing out and trying to drive sound policy through the Senate and and marry it up with with our House bill. Yeah, and I, I agree with Congressman McHenry. He's positioned to move more quickly than the Senate is. So if I were betting today, I would bet that the, the House would move first. But if the House moves first, and if Congressman McHenry and his colleagues are successful in getting something over to uh, my side of the Capitol building, it improves our chances of move something forward because there have been some subjects that have been identified as subjects that we can address in a bipartisan way even during a presidential election cycle. And the deeper we get into the next year and a half, the more difficult it's going to be to get anything done that has even a little partisan tinge to it. So what we're trying to do is keep the partisan tinge off this subject and remind people that this is a subject that needs to be addressed now because the European Union is ahead of us and, and other countries are taking the lead and we should be catching up and then, and then leading further. But not only that, that this is a bipartisan subject that needs to be addressed before the 2024 election. Uh, and because this has been identified, I believe, by both parties as one of those subjects, we have a shot. So one of the key things, and this is, unfortunately, I, I, we're running low on time, so I'm going to just completely, very abruptly switch topics for a minute here. One of the things we've seen over the last several months, and this ties into the bank failures from you know, March uh, we were referring to earlier, we're hearing a lot from crypto companies that they are now facing a you know, much greater scrutiny from their bank partners, and that some of these banks may be facing greater scrutiny from uh, their regulators. Uh, some have termed this Operation Choke Point. Uh, have you heard from your constituents, and Senator Lummis, I want to start with you here. Have you heard from any of your constituents with actual signs that you know, is there a choke point? Is it more of a, you know, a natural caution after the events of last year? Or are banks just very concerned? How are you, what are you hearing from your constituents? Well, I'm hearing examples of where no one can obtain certainty in the regulatory environment in Washington, whether it's the OCC, the SEC, the CFTC, the FDIC, all of the organizations in that alphabet soup are stonewalling people. And I think they're doing it because they're, they're feeling a little deer in the headlights. Uh, the, the Fed came out and said after SVB's failure that they admitted that they should have been more involved uh, in regulating SVB uh, and so now I think that they're taking a, an approach of we'd rather say no to everyone uh, than take a chance of saying yes and being wrong and authorizing uh, things to happen that, have, that could damage consumer protections. So 
it's, it's a very difficult atmosphere in the financial services industry these days, whether it's traditional banking or digital assets. Um, are you hearing that, Patrick? Absolutely. Uh, I've, I've sent uh, letters to all the financial regulators uh, demanding information on their actions. They went from two years ago um, uh, sprints in these organizations, and they called them uh, uh, crypto sprints. And the goal was to get these agencies up to snuff and uh, understand digital assets and understand how you provide custody for them and all the, the basics of provision of banking services and things of that sort. And then uh, it was immediately, it was quickly killed uh, a few months later. And then what emerged was the exact opposite of coming up to snuff and it was to go after firms and try to debank them. Uh, I think it's fair to call it Operation Choke Point 2.0 uh, because this is the, the same actions that uh, the Obama administration attempted to take at state-based regulated entities to bank them and remove them uh, from the payment system. It was a concerted effort then around uh, businesses they didn't prefer that were regulated and lawful at the state level. And so um, we have to fix this problem. We have to provide certainty that uh, you bank in a safe and sound manner, businesses that are involved in digital asset uh, activities. This is a, a great example of why, a uh, perfect example of why Congress must legislate and provide the clarity that Cynthia and I and our colleagues want to provide. That's right. Uh, without making this a, a partisan fight, but to have sound policy uh, so that we can be leaders in the world of uh, the next turning of the internet. That's right. So, Congressman McHenry, I want to follow up there. You mentioned the letters you sent out to the regulators. Have you heard uh, or have any of the companies or industry participants who have expressed concerns about this, have they been able to provide anything so far in terms of you know, either letters or statements or anything along those lines or uh, basically showing that you know, what their issues are, what the specific concerns they might have heard about from the regulators are? Uh, no. And, and the subtlety of bank regulation is that um, the banks understand um, they understand what their regulators mean uh, and the right. subtle things that uh, those words mean. And the indication I've gotten from a number of different financial firms is that they said, well, if you're going to engage in a new business practice in digital asset, in the digital asset space, we're going to have a lot of questions for you. And so what banks are, uh, understand there is they're going to have to put a lot of manpower, uh, a lot of intellectual property around answering questions for regulators if they add a customer in the space, which means they're hesitant to offer uh, a new customer relationship uh, because they don't know the expense, the regulatory expense of having that new customer. And so right. it's, it's less about what is a, a written directive and more about the subtleties uh, that we're going to make life difficult and expensive for you in unknown ways, um, which seems to be the current regulatory footprint in Washington, as, as, as Cynthia said very clearly. Um, they want to make things less certain so you don't have a legitimate capital allocated to a new set of technology that some um, don't want to see uh, deployed. Well, it's, it's here to stay. Yeah. It's here to stay. 
uh, digital assets are here to stay. Um, people are, can still complain about uh, the internet, but for heaven's sakes, here we are. Um, and so uh, this seems to me much more of a, a dislike of technology at its core, which seems sort of very 16th century in notion. Uh, technological progress is always and everywhere happening. We are either embracing it and building it into our society and, and the new solutions that can come, come as a result and the new types of living that we can have as a result, or we're going back to the dark ages. So let's be, for, let's be forward leaning here. Let's not the, have, allow the Europeans uh, and the Hong Kong regime uh, to take the, uh, this, this great technology and harness it for their, their economic growth. We should harness it for American economic growth and be the leaders of it. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think we want, we want uh, Web 1, Web 2, uh, were uh, uh, free speech oriented, rule of law oriented places. What we want for Web 3 is that same notion. And that happens as a result of the rule of law here in the United States. Love it, hate it, but we're the most open society on the planet and the safest place uh, to put a dollar to work and for yeah. people to live. So we want to encourage that. We want to embrace it. We want to be the leaders. We don't want to be followers. And I'm grateful for the interaction and grateful to be with you. And now that the camera's panned out, I see my big fat head on the screen and I'll stop talking. Well, we're coming up on time here, but Senator Lummis, any closing thoughts looking ahead at the next year? Anything you'd like to see or you think you will see from either the industry or from Congress as you know, they together navigate the sector? Well, I would just say this is very much a time to pull together. Uh, Congressman McHenry is knowledgeable, poised, ready, and prepared to legislate in the House on this. Senator Gillibrand and I are finding the same environment and atmosphere in the Senate. We need your support and help, even if you took the step to just send a note to your congressman or senator and say, America needs to responsibly regulate in this area. And that's all you say. At least it puts people on notice that now's the time to get this issue on the floor of the House, on the floor of the Senate, and on the President's desk. We thank you. I look forward to working with the U.S. House, with Congressman McHenry and his colleagues. Uh, we're ready to roll, and we want you to join us to make sure uh, that the United States is the great innovator in financial services and that your robust ability to innovate in this space is unparalleled in the world. So thank you so much, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Congressman McCurry, Congressman. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts, anything you would like to see over the next year? I want to see results. Uh, we need results. We need clarity in law. Uh, we need a, a tech forward, consumer protection oriented law that embraces uh, the potential of digital assets. Uh, thank you all for your leadership in this important space for the next generation of the internet technology. Uh, Nick, thank you uh, for, uh, for the interview, the opportunity to be with you. And um, Cynthia, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your strong leadership in the Senate. Really proud uh, from the House side to see the great work you've done to cultivate bipartisan policy. Thank um, you. And for your Likewise. leadership, especially here. Likewise.
Thank you, Congressman Henry. Thank you, Senator Lummis. Thank you, Consensus 2023. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.